You're listening to The Product Edge, and I'm Jade Bennett, Australia's leading product management recruitment expert, founder of Middleton Executive, and a professional development and mindset coach. In this podcast, I take you on a journey into the minds of exceptional product leaders, entrepreneurs, creators, and hustlers. In each episode, I introduce you to experts in their field, and my mission is to help every product professional level up and reach their full potential by providing you with the skills, insights, and tools that you need to excel in your career and gain your product edge. Joining me today is Simon Ferruja, Director of Product Management at Campaign Monitor. Simon has had a varied career across consumer, enterprise, software, and hardware products, and has been instrumental in a series of product innovation. Simon is passionate about building high-performing product teams, and today we'll be discussing what he looks for when hiring product folk, and what type of products you might be uniquely suited to managing. Welcome to the Product Edge, Simon. Hi, Jane. How are you today? I'm good, thank you. How's life in Sydney treating you? Better than Melbourne, I hope? Yeah, I I definitely have a lot of empathy for my friends, family and colleagues down in Melbourne at the moment. Uh, I think you guys are going through a lot, particularly in this second round. Uh, Up here in Sydney, it's a beautiful sunny day. Uh, I've been out this morning and we're really fortunate that we can almost go about our life as normal at the moment. I'm still jealous of your recent camping trip. I'm looking outside, the sun is shining and we're allowed out for an hour a day. So yes, very jealous. Uh, Well, not to make you more jealous, but I'm actually heading away next weekend too. The kids and I are heading away for three or four days up to Lake Macquarie. Ah, stop it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh dear. Well, look, um, Simon, it's great to have you on the show. We've known each other for a few years now. We met when you were a senior product manager. You're now product director. Can you give us an overview of your career? Yeah, sure. I might do it in reverse order. I I often find that's a more interesting way to talk about it. So at the moment, I'm at Campaign Monitor. As you said, I'm the director of product there. I've been there almost two years now. And in that time, really been involved in kind of uplifting the product practice there, scaling the team, scaling the way we do things. And Uh, essentially reinvigorating the roadmap, I'd say. And um, it's been a tremendous journey. I've had a lot of fun so far and there's a lot more to come. Uh, And it was my first SaaS product management experience uh, and I've really enjoyed it. I've really enjoyed what you can do with SaaS products, uh, the intersection of experience and, you know, business value creation and, and everything that comes with that. Uh, Prior to that, I was at Domain Group. I think that was when we first met. And I started at Domain uh, as a senior technical product manager. And I ended up as a product director there. Um, We released the Domain Public API. Um, I ended up looking after the mobile app for a while and did a lot of really just interesting things on the consumer front there. So that was my exposure to consumer product management. Um, and then before that, that was really my, my enterprise career. Uh, so I spent time with both Agilent Technologies, which was a spin-off of HP, uh, and also Citrix, and uh, working on deeply technical products uh, with those two businesses, you know, a range of in- innovation over a 15-year period. So, yeah, that's kind of my career in a, in a very quick nutshell. Uh, yeah. 
Fantastic. And and very varied, you know, moving from um, the consumer side and into SaaS, which obviously, um, you know, really positions you well to be leading those, those product functions. We've interviewed a fair few PMs together. And, and one thing that we've discussed at length is how product is done so differently between companies. How do you see the product management landscape in Australia? It definitely is varied. And I think the main word that I would use to describe it is maturing. Um, It's still quite nascent. And what I tend to see is we actually don't have a lot of what I would call really, really experienced product managers in Australia. Like I'm talking people that have done it for 10 plus years. I think we've got a lot of people sort of hitting that five-year mark where they've really started to become familiar with the role, they've had some product successes. But more broadly speaking, we what I see is that there's just isn't a lot of people that have done it for, you know, a whole career so far. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think, um, like you said, it's still in its infancy and, and, you know, evolving. Do you think there needs to be greater conformity around best practice and, and defining what great looks like? It's a really good question. Uh, I think because the role is so varied and businesses are so varied, I'm not sure that consistency is the right thing we should be aiming for. I think what we need to do is have a more universal framework, I'll call it, for the skills that a product manager brings to the table And then, you know, as product managers move through their careers, having them understand, you know, across that skill base, where are they amplified and and why? And, um, you know, making sure that they're working in companies where they fit well um, and that companies really understand the skills that they're expecting their product managers to bring to the table. I think that's what I feel like is more important right now because, you know, as you said, we talk to a lot of product managers and, you know, every product manager I talk to has their own set of strengths and weaknesses and or growth areas, whatever you want to call it. Um, and, you know, I'm always just trying to find the right next step for that product manager, like bring is bringing them into their, my team going to be the right step for them and the right fit for my team. Absolutely. And I know when you you interview, you actually do take a lot of care to make sure that the move is the right move for them. And you're not just trying to get somebody into into your team or or organization. I love the fact that you referenced there that companies need to be really clear on on what they're expecting from their product managers and, and the levels of roles, because there does seem to be a lot of confusion in the market when job seekers are looking for roles. You know, what is a product manager in one company is not the same in another and what defines a senior in one company certainly isn't the same in, in other companies. Yeah. What's your definition of the, the product role? What do you think are some of the fundamentals a PM must have? Yeah, I think for me the way I like to describe it is that a product manager really sits at the intersection of the customer technology and the creation of business value, essentially. Uh, At least the the product managers in the tech space, right? Mm -hmm. And so they do need to understand technology. They do need to understand uh, how to identify needs in the market, needs that customers have. And ultimately, they need to be able to figure out how can we 
create business value from that, i.e. create a product that someone will will, will pay for. Um, so, you know, when I'm talking to product managers, I'm really looking for can they do that? Mm, okay. And, and look, you come from quite a strong technical background when you moved into, into product. There's a strong debate at the moment in the market when companies are hiring product folks, you know, should they come from X development background, software engineering, or more on the business side? You've mentioned that they should have a, a good technical understanding. Do you lean more towards they should be X engineers or, or from the business side? Uh, it depends on the role. Mm-hmm. So when I was at Domain, I had to hire a product manager to look after our API. And for that particular role, I did very much want someone that had an engineering background just because of the nature of the product. Um, but then I hired product managers to look after the mobile app and they didn't, it, for me there, it wasn't so necessary that they had an engineering background that wasn't, you know, a showstopper. But at the end of the day, a product manager works with a team, which would often now include a designer, but also, you know, a number of engineers and developers to build technology-based products. And you've got to be able to be conversant with your team. You've got to be able to lead and inspire them. You've got to be able to show empathy for their work. And also, obviously, one of the big things a product manager has to do is figure out the ROI, the return on investment, like cost or cost-benefit analysis, or however you want to look at it, like, is this thing worth doing from a value creation perspective? Can we make money? And to do that, you know, there's two sides to, to, to that equation. There's the return and then there's the investment. And the investment is engineering and design effort. And if you, I, I find product managers who have a, a good understanding of technology are much better at quantifying that. Mm, yes. Like they have a sense for if we want to build oh, feature X or solve problem Y, um, it's going to take my team, you know, ballpark, six weeks or ballpark, this is a small one, it's two weeks. Or when they sit down with their engineering leadership and they talk through that, they really understand why it is going to take that amount of time and they can conceptualise this is a problem we're solving or it's not from a business value creation perspective. Mm, Yes. And interesting that you, um, when hiring for the API product manager, you you were quite clear that that did need to be an ex developer because of some of the requirements. And then for the other team, the mobile team, you they didn't have to. I think a lot of companies don't take that that view and they have that standard PMs must be this or they must be that. And you know, maybe it is having more varied PM roles within an organization and not and not looking for the standard template every time you go to hire. Yeah, I agree. And I guess the lens I put on it. Because um, I've seen a lot of things, but for me, the way I look at it is that when I hire, I'm building a team, and the team has to drive an outcome, and I will find the right people to get that outcome. It's a bit like building a product. I'm not building a product to build a set of features. I'm building a product for a set of outcomes. So I almost apply that product style of thinking to the way I build out a team. Fantastic. So when you go to build out a team and um, I know you're looking to, to hire at the moment. What do you look for when recruiting for your product team? Uh, so I divide it into about five or six different categories. Uh, the first things that I look for are more around the person's um, attributes, the attributes of the person. So I look for curious people, uh, 
people who can question that have a broad set of interests and perspectives on things they've they've looked at different subject matter because that curiosity is what leads product managers to have great discovery skills like they can find the problems worth solving they can really understand where a customer might have a pain point the next thing that i look for is adaptability um, is this person adaptable? Can they take what they know or experiences they've had in the past and apply them to the current scenario and adjust the way they work to either suit this business or the current point in the life cycle their products at or the people they're working with? I also think under adaptability, I put perseverance. Like this is a hard job. This is not a job for the faint of heart. Uh, yeah. as, uh, so you need to just be able to stick at it, right? Like everyone likes to talk about um, experimenting and iterating, like that inherently implies perseverance. Um, obviously you have the craft skills, like can this person do product management? Um, can they prioritize? Can they build a roadmap? Can they analyze? Can they write requirements? Can they write user stories? Like all of that craft. Do they have a bit of an eye for design? Um, do they have the necessary communication and, you know, soft skills to, to do the job? So just that whole craft piece. Mm -hmm. um, I then look for, you know, does this person demonstrate that they're a continuous learner? Uh, do, they, do they continually challenge themselves to go to the next level? Um, because, again, it's unlikely that the product they work on in my team or the environment in my team is going to be the, exactly the same as what they've done in the past. They're going to have to learn something. We all do every day and um, I try to do that and I, you know, I expect that of my team. So, yeah, I look for that continuous learner mentality. And the final thing I look for, Jade, is the ability for me and this person to form a connection. Uh, we're going to have a very close working relationship. I want to be able to coach them. I want to be able to learn from them. Uh, and I want there to be like just a really good, honest, transparent relationship between me and them. I think the nature of product managers is they generally tend to be high performing um, people, very smart. There needs to be a solid relationship between the manager and that person to get the most out of them. Absolutely. And, and look, in an interview situation where, you know, you potentially have 45 minutes to an hour when you first meet somebody, that's a lot to, to deduce whether they, you know, tick all those boxes. How do you know when you found a gem? Well, that is, that is a tough one. Um, <laughs> I, you know, um, so the way I do this is through a multi-stage process. I think you're familiar with the fact that I don't just rely on 45 minutes to an hour. And to use the maybe perhaps overused metaphor, I think about, you know, peeling back the layers of the onion, right? So I'll often start with like looking at this person and understanding their soft skills. Can they communicate? Can they talk about their track record, you know, and so on? Um, can we form that connection? Um, do they have the, the sense of the basics of product management? Is that all solid? Uh, and then, you know, digging in further from there in subsequent interviews, we'll look at specific skills relevant to the role I'm hiring. Like we'll, we'll talk specifically about technology and I'll ask a bunch of questions on that. And um, then we'll go through the craft skills and we'll look at the track record and do some, um, you know, exercises and things like that. 
And ultimately, what I end up doing is, you know, over a series of maybe four, uh, up to four discussions over a period of a couple of weeks is really assessing and scoring that person over a range of criteria and then weighting that to the position I'm hiring for. Uh, so is it a more technical role? Is it a more consumer-oriented role? Is it for the enterprise? Um, and then, you know, ultimately you end up at a point where you feel like you've got someone that you think will fit in the role. I think the one thing that I've learned the more that I hire is never expect to end up with a candidate that's going to be perfect in all areas. And mm -hmm. I'm quite open-minded to that. And that's why the learning piece is super important to me and the connection, right? Because if this person needs to grow in a certain area, um, that's okay. Uh, the trick is, can we make that happen? Um, but there's always a not negotiable. There's always a few things that, that are not negotiable. Um, and I think, you know, the right level of craft skill for the, the seniority of the role that I'm hiring for, like, is this an associate or a, or a mid-level or a senior? Um, you know, they need to be at that right level. Analytical skills have to be there. Every product manager needs analytical skills. Um, the ability to really um, form, you know, formulate product market fit or problem solution fit or be able to iterate, build out a roadmap, all those things. Absolutely. It's, it's a really hard question to answer and I, I don't know if I've given you a lot of clarity there and, and, and maybe in that is why product management hiring is so hard. It is hard and it is challenging to to find somebody that has, you know, like you said, ticks all the boxes. But I, I do like the fact that you, you know, you identify those non-negotiables and the analytical skills is a big one that we've discussed over the years and does seem to be potentially a gap in the market. Do you see any other experience gaps that, that you know, PM should be looking to, to bridge? Yeah, it's it's super surprising, uh, and I think it's a bit of an outcome of the landscape in Australia in terms of the product roles that are out there, or the majority of the product roles that are out there. But I really interview a lot, a lot of product managers that struggle with the fundamentals of going from a strategy to a prioritised set of outcomes they want to achieve and formulating that into a roadmap. So a lot of product managers, once you scratch below the surface, they've often essentially had the roadmap given to them. They haven't formed the roadmap themselves. And so when you're trying to bring them into a product environment where you want to give them accountability for that, they really struggle to demonstrate a real depth around, yeah, I've gone and evaluated a space or, you know, the a context within a space and looked at 10 different things and using, you know, this structured framework, I identified that these were the top three things that we were going to go do because of X, Y, Z, and we scheduled them in this order for whatever reason. Like they, they really struggled to succinctly tell that story. Uh, the second one that I would add to that would be marketing fundamentals, like the ability just to form a value prop, a positioning statement, to really um, be able to articulate how their market is segmented. Um, unfortunately, I interview some product managers who can't clearly articulate who their customer is, or they get confused between who's the buyer and who's the customer and who, you know, and who's the user. Um, so I think, 
you know, on top of analytics, I'd call out sort of strategy, roadmap, prioritisation and, and marketing fundamentals. Absolutely. And how would you then encourage people or what advice do you have for product folks that are in an organisation where perhaps they don't have direct control or responsibility of the, the roadmap? Is there anything they can be doing to, to get that exposure to help them? I think you have to find a way to insert yourself into the conversation. Mm-hmm. So that conversation is happening somewhere. Um, and how are you going to influence and inform that discussion? I think that's where I would suggest you start. How do you align with the people that are driving that? If, if you have a strategy group or you have a certain function in the business that is more driving the direction, how do you get close to those people? Can you use them as mentors? Um, can you take on a small element of that work, right? I think managing your time as a product manager to work on the things that not only benefit the business but help you grow is a skill that, is is needed and sometimes is hard to establish it is and 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 you know there definitely is that that gap and but i love the idea of you know finding your place and inserting yourself in the right spot at the right time to to have that influence and sometimes it's just keep asking and you know eventually you'll be given a chance to to contribute one of the things that's important to remember about being a product manager is it's grounded heavily in influential leadership and it's something that you, as a product manager, whilst you remain an individual contributor, you you have no one reporting to you. So everything you achieve is through influence and understanding the basics of influence and the different ways you can influence people and in and situations is super important. So I think in finding a way to insert yourself into that strategy and roadmap development conversation, if you're perhaps on the outer of it or the receiving end of something that's predefined, not only helps you develop that roadmap strategy skill, but it's also going to develop your influential leadership skills, which is super important. Absolutely. And um, that is an entire episode in itself. I've actually recorded an episode with Ken Sandy where we discuss how to lead through influence. Really yeah. fascinating. And he's uh, he's released a book on, on the topic. At the moment, product management is, I guess, seen as the cool kid on the block. It's the, the sexy role that everyone wants to get into at the moment. Um, I'm approached daily by developers, BAs, testers, various um, backgrounds, people wanting to move into product. How do you know if you're suited to a career in product management? So I think the answer for me to that, Jade, lies in what I look for in a product manager. So, you know, earlier on I talked about being curious, adaptable, having perseverance. Um, There's the craft skills piece, which maybe we can unpack a little bit here, Mm -hmm. Um, continuous learner. And, you know, um, I think you have to be a people person. Um, So product management, so there's a few things there, I think. I think, yeah, one, you have to be a people person. You're constantly dealing with people, whether it's customers, peers, stakeholders, uh, your development team. So if you don't enjoy working with people and working with people to get a greater good outcome, you're, you're actually not going to enjoy being a product manager. Um, I think on the craft skills side, 
um, I kind of look at it and yeah, there's the analytics, there's the ability to tease something into detailed requirements. I think you've got to have a, an analytical mind. Like, and often if you've come from a BA background, that's that's or a technology background, you're you're very well suited there. Um, depending on the type of marketing work and the marketing you know studies you did, you may or may not be highly analytical. You may be more on the creative side. Um, Creativity is an important skill, right? The ability to kind of come up with um, ideas and ideate and work with your design peers. Um, so the ability to be creative, I think if you need a little bit of creativity in your mix, um, you've got to be comfortable with ambiguity. If, if you're not comfortable with ambiguity, your job by definition is to go from nothing to something. So you're going from the ambiguous to the definite. I think that's that's important. Um, I think one of the big misnomers is that you kind of end up in a position of control. Uh, a lot of people wanted, you know, that I talk to in their very early days want to control more the the what we do and, and why we do it. And yes, at the end of the day, you end up being accountable for that. But I think if you approach it from a position of I, I like being in control, you're actually going to have a hard time in product management because it's not well suited to influential leadership. Um, so, yeah, um, a difficult one to, you know, really tie a bow around. But, you know, if I was to summarise it, I'd definitely say adaptability, um, ability to, you know, be analytical. Uh, what else did we have there? Creative, ambiguous, working in ambiguous environments. I think um, yep. they're, they're spot on. And I think identifying where you're naturally strong, you know, some people may be naturally stronger on the analytical side or they may be a bit more of an explorer mindset or an analyst mindset and it's just identifying where your strengths are and then working on those development areas because product definitely does seem like one of those positions where you do need to be a bit of a jack of all trades and you do need to be able to influence and work in ambiguous environments, but you do need to be analytical. And it is actually a, a really broad role and a very diverse skill set that you need to master. Yeah, I agree. And knowing knowing what you're good at and what you enjoy in the pro, in the product role is important in helping you decide. Well what should I be looking for in the next company that I want to work for? What products do they have? What stage of the life cycle do they, are they involved in? You know, there's some product managers that are really good at optimising and then there's other product managers that are really good at, you know, starting something from scratch and sometimes it's not the same person and you're no lesser of a product manager if you fit into one or of those camps and not the other. Um know know which one you fit in as an example and there's there's other examples of that too like do you get excited by a consumer product or are you more a b2b SaaS person like because you find more enjoyment in productivity tools than consumer facing you know products or um what else enterprise like are you a big enterprise product manager like are you interested in working on products where the value is real like super high like 
they're high dollar value items and the volume's a lot lower. So you might only be working with, you know, 100 customers, but each of your customers is worth a million dollars a year as opposed to um, self-service SaaS where you've got, you know, tens if not hundreds of thousands of customers and each of them are paying you $10 a month or something. Um, Exactly. And I think it's important for product managers to actually think about you know, what type of products they're, they're best suited to, to managing. And, and we've discussed that. And I guess you can even take that a step further and, and think about what sort of environments are, are you going to really thrive in? You, you talk about, you know, the ambiguous environment. If you're somebody that does like more certainty and, and rigor and, and process in your, in your day, then potentially joining an early stage startup is, is not the right environment for you, even though it may seem cool and sexy and there's a lot of media hype around it. It's about putting yourself in a position where you're going to thrive and, and ultimately succeed. Yeah, I agree, Jay, completely. Okay. And look, um, you know, you've interviewed countless product managers. What would be some of the things that you think product folk can do to absolutely nail the, the product interview? So the first one is think of you as a product. I like that. What, 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 what is your differentiation? What are your key features? What value do you bring to the table? What's your value prop? Um, so yeah, just thinking and, and as a product, um, where have you come from and where are you going to, how are you evolving this product? Like don't, don't make your, don't let yourself become obsolete. Um, so yeah, thinking of yourself as a product and think about how you position yourself because that immediately shows me that you can apply that to yourself, that thinking to yourself. So clearly you can apply it to a product um, if you can recognise that. I, I really like that. I haven't heard that before, but I think that's a, a great way to, to describe it because you're ultimately in control of yourself and your career and your experience and how you portray that to potential interviewers and, and companies is is important. And sometimes I see that that's something that people really struggle with. Even when I'm reviewing CVs, you know, product managers will list their, their duties and um, and not list their accomplishments. And it's like, we don't need to know that you've managed a backlog. We don't need to know that. We, we pretty much know what, what you're doing. We want to know what you've achieved in that role. Absolutely. Yeah, the, yeah that, that's another whole sort of discussion topic. I've got a couple more here that I'll share that I think are really important. Rehearse. Like lately I've found, um, particularly um, pre the crazy situation we're in right now, there was definitely a lot of demand in the market for product managers. And I think um, what was happening was that people weren't rehearsing enough. They thought they could just walk into an interview and say anything and and they'd get the gig. And the reality is that I I saw a lot of product managers that I thought with a bit more rehearsing, you'd really come off like the next level. So it's a fundamental for job hiring. I don't think it's specific to product management, but just rehearse and rehearse out loud. Don't just write down your answers and memorize them in your head, like speak it out uh, because in saying it, you know, it's, it's like giving a presentation, right? Um, Absolutely. I, I pass on similar advice when helping people prepare for their interviews. You know, the tell me about yourself question. People struggle with so much. It's like if you can't articulate your elevator pitch in a succinct way in a short period of time, then, you know, 
you've got to sell yourself. And if you can't do that effectively, you're going to raise questions over everything else. And yet it's the one piece that uh, people tend to neglect. Yeah, I agree. And it's a hard thing. I think it's also a little bit cultural in Australia that, you know, we're not great at talking about ourselves and our achievements and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But you do have to be able to position yourself, I agree. And that's an interesting one because there's, and maybe it is an an Australian thing, but there's definitely a culture of we. And I notice when people interview, and especially in CVs, they tend to talk a lot about we as in the team to be collaborative instead of the, the I, right? Your CV is your CV. It's not a team CV. You need to highlight your achievements when you add an interview it's not what your company achieved. You do need to demonstrate what you achieved in that position. Do you find that um, when you're interviewing, you're looking for people that that go more down the I path or is it the the we path? I actually don't mind people that start with the we piece. Like as a team, you know, we we were a growth team and we achieved, you know, a 15% increase in growth. Um, Obviously, a product manager by themselves can't do that, right? Like the product manager should have guided the right things to do rather than all the experimentation. So then what I'm looking for is then the product manager to come out and say, and this is the bit that I, this is the role I played. This is what I did in that journey as a team because that shows me two things uh, or three things actually. Uh, one, they can work within a team environment. Two, they know what a product manager should be doing in that environment. And three, they can get it done. Uh, Absolutely. Okay. So that's the, you know, things people should do when preparing for an interview. Is there anything that PMs shouldn't do? Do not come to my interview without having used the product. I love it. I was actually going to say that. The amount of people that, um, that I talk to that haven't used the product, it blows my mind. Yeah. Like, I assume you want to come and work here because there's something about the product that excites you. And if you haven't tried it, like, why are you here? Yeah. Why are you here for this product management role? Because I want someone that's committed to the team, committed to the product and committed to our business. And I think, you know, it's a huge black mark when someone turns up to that first interview and they haven't gone through the sign-up process or, you know, looked, you know, tried the product. And it's it's such an easy one to do. And I think you get a lot of grace in terms of your view on the product. Like I'm not looking for someone who's pulled the product apart and can tell me how they would rebuild it and, you know, what are the 15 things they would do to improve it, but at least having, having used it and formed an opinion on what you like about it and what you don't from your perspective. Do you outright ask somebody if they've downloaded the product, used the product? Um, sometimes I'll ask it directly and mm-hmm. sometimes it'll come up in the topic of conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'll sort of bring up, oh, have you seen on our website that we have this or have you seen in our sign-up flow? And they'll, then they'll sort of sheepishly go, oh, I, I haven't used it yet. And, and you're like, really? <laughs> um, uh, and, and then it's like, okay, well, I suggest if we go to another round that you've used the product before you come back in. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then when you're talking about they've used the product, how receptive are you to the constructive feedback? So if somebody has taken the time um, to use the product and, and, and they pull it apart and they've really thought about, you know, the weaknesses and potentially areas of improvement, how, how do you receive that? I, I really like it. Um, 
you know, I'm. You, we talk about like what what does it take to be a product manager? You have to be thick skinned, and as a product manager, you know your product's not perfect. You know, maybe you're in one of these few scenarios where you have enough resource to get it just right, but you're constantly refining it and making it better by nature. And so I'm more than open to that feedback. And I think um, there's a lot I can glean about a person from the way they give that feedback. Like, have they thought contextually about like the constraints that might be on our business? Have they thought about the fact that it might not have the feature you're asking for because you know what, that's not right for our target market segment. Like there's a lot that you can glean or is it that they truly have spotted something that you you and your team hasn't seen before and so there's some real talent in this person. So I'm really open to that. I think it shows a lot about the person. Absolutely. And I know when I'm interviewing product managers and I've, I've pitched campaign monitor, for example, and they go away and do some research. And when they come back to me with a mini SWOT analysis of the product, but also the company, and they've thought about, you know, the competitors and the strengths and the weaknesses and the opportunities, you go, yeah, you're, you're that next level. And you, you pretty confident that they're going to do well. Not many people do that, but uh, I'm certainly impressed when people do. Yeah. Um, one of the theories I have, and I borrowed this from um, a great manager that I had along the way, is that I I really assume that in the interview you're seeing the best of the person. So if this is the best they're bringing to the table, then um, and you make that assumption, then you know you're not going to get anything more out of them once they're in the role because they've got to be hungry for it. And what you're describing is hunger, right? Like it's investment, like it's applying yourself and really taking this serious and it's respect as well. Um, I think you're, you're spot on there. And I think um, you, you identified it a few minutes ago when you said the market was so buoyant pre-COVID for, for PMs especially that there was almost that um, attitude of I can just rock up, I can wing it and I'm going to land the role. And um, unfortunately, that, that's not the case because, you know, you are expecting someone to show up with their best hat on. And if they don't, they unfortunately sometimes let themselves down. Yeah, agree, agree. And look, there's a real gap in the market um, around how a PM goes from being a senior product manager to that product leader. There's there's not a really clearly defined path or, you know, um, resources to help people. You've navigated that complex path yourself. What advice do you have for PMs that are at that senior level looking to step into, into leadership? Yeah, I navigated it. I don't think I would encourage people to have walked the journey that I walked from senior product manager to director just because it happened so fast for me and I had to learn a lot of um, management skill really fast um, and it was it was one of the hardest things I did like I, um, so what I would suggest is when you go from being senior product manager or principal product manager to a director of product. If you're in a good company, what's being asked of you is to get the most out of a team of product managers and guide the product holistically. 
it's not about being the person that can create the best product on the team. And so you've really got to figure out how do you go from being a really strong product manager to being a really strong leader of people. And Mm -hmm. the people you're leading, if you've got a great team of product managers, are super smart, are probably going to be better at certain things than you um, or should be because it's their job to get it done now, not yours. Um, And so you've really got to figure out how how you build, manage, and develop and scale that team. And so that takes time to develop the skills to do that. Um, So figuring out ways to do that. So do you need to do some management training? Are you mentoring people? Um, Can you um, find a way within your current environment if it's a big company that you look after a couple of product owners or, you know, you're, you're working with a junior PM. Um, but you've got to figure out essentially how you scale yourself. Um, that would be, you know, my suggestion. And again, because of the, the nascent state of the product industry in Australia um, and the number of companies that have a product team big enough to do that, it's really hard. To, to find the opportunity to do that. So you kind of got to get a bit hacky. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Some fantastic insights there, you know, taking, even if you don't have it in a formal capacity to, to, to take on that, you can, like you said, mentor somebody, you know, active in the community, somebody that wants to move into product, you could offer your support there. So some really practical tips there that I think would, would help people because there isn't, um, a lot in the market you know maybe you could go on a leadership course but there's not a lot to to really offer offer people so some great tips there simon so go on sorry jade there's one more that i would add and that would be um talk to your engineering peers um so seek out by nature engineering organizations are larger and they tend to have you know engineering managers or team leads or tech leads you have directors of engineering speak to those people about how they went from you know being an individual contributor engineer which most of them were at some point to a director of engineering what did they do um and learn from them there are you know the great engineering directors of whom i've worked with many um and been super fortunate uh, are a great source of like people leadership skill because again similar to product managers you know engineers are you know, super smart people by nature, like you can't do the job if you're not. Um, They're very insightful. They'll call you out on things. And so they've learned how to manage these people. You can learn a lot from our, we can learn a lot from our engineering peers. Absolutely. And before we wrap up, what would be one piece of advice you have for product managers out there? I always say manage your time. Your time is the only thing you can't get more of. So be very careful about where you invested. Absolutely. And we always look for more. Well, we all wish we could have more time, right? You you can't buy it. I've tried. (laughs) You can't. Um, I guess, you know, think about where is your day going? You know, if you're just constantly grooming your backlog, you're not developing skills. If you're constantly just talking to customers, you're not spending time with your team. Like you, you really have to think about how you carve up your day and your week 
in a very intentional and strategic way. So that's why I, I, I say that, because I think once you get that, everything else we've talked about will flow from there. But if this is wrong, you'll be constantly chasing your tail. I love that. I will take some of those tips into my own day to day. So Simon, look, it's always an absolute pleasure talking to you. Thank you for giving us your time and for sharing your personal experiences with us. How can we stay connected with you? So you can find me on LinkedIn. That's probably the main place. I don't tend to use a lot of other social media. I'm actually a pretty quiet person. Um, I was super nervous doing this with you, Jay, but I really wanted to to step out and try something different. And I'm really glad um, and humbled that you'd have me. So thanks for inviting me along. Um, but yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn. That's the main place. Um, and I would never have thought that, Simon, in all the dealings we've had over the years, you've never come across as a, a quiet person or definitely not a shy person. So you overcome it brilliantly. Oh, thanks, Jane. I appreciate it. Yeah, <laughs> thanks again for having me. I wish you well with the podcast. You're right, four or five episodes in now. Yes, yes, we are with lots more lined up and so excited to bring this to, to the community. And look, thank you so much for coming on. You've been fantastic. A pleasure. Thank you for listening to The Product Edge brought to you by Middleton Executive. You can head to theproductedge.com.au to subscribe to Australia's number one podcast for all things product management. I would love for you to subscribe, rate and leave us a review. Until next time, I look forward to introducing you to more product leaders, entrepreneurs, creators and hustlers who will share their insights and experiences to help you level up and reach your full potential.